Score if you don't shoot. Shoot from outside. Quit throwing it around. Get it in the hole. Well, there you are. I thought we'd go uh, 20 minutes on, 10 off, and 20 on. I had a different schedule on mine. Uh, look, mister, these boys got a routine they're used to. You uh, throw a new coach with newfangled ideas at them, uh, might get them all confused. Yeah, we'll ease into it real slow. Hell, our first game's less than two weeks away. Well, first of all, let's be real friendly here, okay? My name is Norm. Secondly, your coaching days are over. Look, mister, there's two kinds of dumb. A guy that gets naked and runs out in the snow and barks at the moon, and a uh, guy who does the same thing in my living room. First one don't matter, the second one you're kind of forced to deal with. Translate. That's some sort of threat. I don't know why Cletus drug your tired old bones in here. He must have owed you something fierce. Fact is, mister, you start screwing up this team, I'll personally hide-strap your ass to a pine rail and send you up the Mona online. Leave the ball, will you, George? It just doesn't make sense. He loves it. That Tony is into this show is hard. He's probably their biggest fan. I, I bet he is. I bet you pound for pound, if we put him up against the biggest Dancing with the Stars fans in America, that he would kick their ass in a trivia contest. I've never seen yeah, anything yeah. like it. I haven't either. If anybody would like to challenge Tony at Dancing with the Stars trivia, call us. Let's string that together. What? Who out there could possibly... Stand a chance against Let's that see. guy. All right, Women. fine. Yeah. Yeah, Get uh, bring him on. Yeah. You know what? I will pit Tony. You can get a collection, a gaggle of five women, and it'll be like Family Feud, and they can have their five, and I'll take my one. I'll take my horse. They can all sit there and discuss, you know, questions and stuff while Tony's sitting over there mm -hmm. ready to pounce in two seconds. And if Tony wins, he gets to have sex with any one of the women on the panel of his choice. Or all of them. Which he is, is married. For. <clears throat> yes, oh, well, Jeff Catlin is in here. Shameless plug. Tony is hosting a Dancing with the Stars season preview show as one of our Thursday night one-offs on <laughs> September 17th. Shut By himself. Up. All alone? They're next. <laughs> Thanks to Big Strong Jeremy on the board, Mike Fernandez, our producer, Sean Bass on the Ticket Tickers, and a Tony for engineering us out here from Fan and Tree Farm. Hang on, Tony. Thank you, Weather Stars. Thank you, Weather Stars. Thank you, Weather Stars. For Junior Miller and the great Gordo, I'm Giorgio. Have a great weekend. We'll talk again on Monday at 5.30 on the Ticket. Thank you, Stars. Thank you, Weather Stars. Thank you, Weather Stars.
howdy ho, everyone. This is the Ballroom Blitz. I am Tony the Engineer. Welcome back. Well, can you believe it? We have reached the halfway point of Dancing with the Stars season 31. That's right. We just finished watching and having week five. There's usually only 10 weeks to a season these days. And uh, boy, <laughs> I don't want to start getting sad already, but we've already reached the halfway point. Uh, for those of you that listen regularly, you may hear my voice is a little bit better. Uh, full disclosure, um, it's Wednesday morning after the Monday show, and it's a little early, so I may have a little clear clearing of the throat still and a little congestion left, and hopefully I won't be coughing or too much, but uh, I am feeling better. So uh, that's a good thing for me feeling a little better and for your ears so you don't have to listen to all that stuff that comes along with uh, congestion. But uh, <clears throat> hopefully on the mend here and uh, we'll be good the rest of the way. Well, we're going to be covering uh, week five of Dancing with the Stars, season 31, as I mentioned. And there were two episodes this week for you longtime viewers of the show. You know, that used to be a staple. That was the regular, I want to say, through season 16, maybe? where they did uh, two shows a week. You had the Monday show, and then you had a Tuesday results show, which usually had, I gosh, if I'd, if I'd have to go back and look, but I think it had usually a musical act coming in, maybe a pro number, uh, maybe they would slip in a redemption dance or another uh, dance for the people, but it was mainly more of a results show. I would love to have that back. Uh, a lot of people are saying, nah, you know, it, it ran its course and we just need one show a week. I'm sure the production obviously basically doubles. You're going to have the, the second show during a week and and uh, there's a lot that goes into putting on one of these shows. So I'm sure that's never going to come back. But <clears throat> from time to time, it's nice to see they do throw in a two-episode week. Well, Monday night's show on October 17th was most memorable year night. And for those of you, again, that have known this show in the past, uh, that's always a tearjerker night. So have your box of Kleenex ready because there's going to be tears flowing probably where people tell you their most memorable year. And usually, or I shouldn't say usually, but oftentimes it involves, you know, sad things or things that have happened that were rough for them. Or even if they're happy, they can be, you know, emotionally happy uh, tears that you're having. So uh, that was quite a night. And then Tuesday night, October 18th, was what they called prom night. And that brought back the long forgotten thing that they did occasionally on the show back in the old days, the dance marathon. And, you know, that's kind of the flavor of the, I guess, real traditional ballroom uh, dance competitions out there in the world that you always have a dance marathon, which basically means all couples flood the dance floor and they get eliminated one by one by the judges. And someone comes up to them and taps them on the shoulder and says, you're, you're eliminated. So we'll certainly talk about that. As far as the first night, we're not going to go through every single dance again, because what they did was when they had an elimination on Tuesday night, they added the scores from Monday to the scores from Tuesday before they did the elimination. So, you know, there's no point, I don't think, going over all the dances on Monday night. And uh, we'll just kind of talk about the highlights of Monday, and then we'll get into each dance a little more in detail on Tuesday night. So <clears throat> on Monday night, the most memorable year night, right off the top, Alfonso and, and uh, Tyra mentioned that there was going to be a big announcement at the end of the show that would affect the competition. And, of course, right away, everybody starts thinking, well, what could that be? What could that be? And 
I didn't really know what it was going to be until much later in the show, but uh, it started to make itself apparent to me uh, as as we got later in the show. And by the way, I keep forgetting to mention things like this because I do go a lot. I actually went to the show on Monday the 17th out in Los Angeles. Let's see. It was the 26th time I've been out there to see a show. And even though it's been three years, I guess, plus I went once earlier this season, but even though it's been three years from uh, the last time I went to the show, there still is a familiarity about it because so much of the process of getting to go to the show is the same as it was pre-COVID. So I tend to forget about how great it is and how lucky I am to get to go see this show. Well, it always kind of brings me back to reality when you take someone with you. And this past Monday, I took one of our contest winners from last year. And boy, when you bring someone out that's never been to the show, that's a huge fan of the show, and you see their enthusiasm and their enjoyment, it just, it brings it back to you. And it, it kind of shocks you back into reality like, hey, you know, this is still a very lucky thing you get to do. And, you know, continue to enjoy it and look at it from that perspective. After you've been to the show a few times, you get used to the routine and you're like, okay, I know where there's a good place to be in the ballroom as far as viewing the show and where there isn't. So, and it's tough to get that, you know, it's all blind draw. And when you don't get it, sometimes I fall into the trap of thinking, oh, you know, I got this bad spot here for the show. And you feel a little down and I'm like, stop it. You know, you're at, you're at Dancing with the Stars. And the first few times I would have killed for that seat. You know, you can put me in the broom closet as long as I get to see the show a little bit. So uh, nice to have uh, uh, last year's contest winner, uh, contest winner in the ballroom with me on Monday night. And she brought her mother too. And her mother's a longtime fan. Uh, the contest winner is a rather young lady, or was a young lady, and she couldn't even remember some of the real early seasons of the show because she was so young, but you know, so, was so young. But uh, her mother had watched from the beginning, so it was great to talk to her about the old days. And uh, like I said, it's so much more fun to share the show with someone who really appreciates it. So we still got that contest this year, you know, and we're giving away two trips. So we'll talk about that near the end of the show, but. Uh, if you're a big fan of the show and think you'd like to go out to see it, um, you know, sign up for that contest and hopefully it'll work out for us for you next year. Okay, back to Monday night. Uh, the highlights were that basically uh, we started seeing some tens. Uh, I believe Charlie got three of them. She scored a 39. Len was the only one that didn't give her a 10. And then I believe Wayne got one on Monday night. So the tens have started now at the midway point of the season. Uh, there was no change at the top other than someone kind of joined the top three that we've talked about. We've talked about Charlie and Wayne and Gabby being the top three front runners that have kind of separated themselves over the last few weeks. Well, at this point of the season, midpoint, you start looking at that middle of the pack group, uh, the ones that are a little further, you know, they don't ha quite have that top tier talent yet or ability yet but they're not really in the bottom group either. And there's five or six people that I think you could say were middle of the Packers or maybe four or five. And during Monday night, one of them kind of jumped out and joined the top three. And that was Heidi D'Amelio, Charlie's mother. And we've talked about her in the past. She was a trained dancer when she was younger. She's like 50 now, I believe. And even if you haven't done something like that in a long time, I'm sure there's some muscle memory involved. And they always say it's like, just like riding a bike, you know, you don't forget it. And as she's going along, she's getting better and better and better. And that makes sense to me because she has some kind of base of dance experience way back in her memory banks. 
And I'm sure each week Artem's given her new stuff that keeps jogging that memory and she keeps getting better and better. And then she's in fantastic shape no matter what. But I'm sure, you know, <clears throat> being in dancer shape is a lot different. Your core gets stronger. And I think she's just remembering and bringing all that stuff up from the early days. So she did a fantastic job on Monday, Monday night. She got, uh, let's see, four nines, and that gave her 36. So she was right up there with the top three that we mentioned earlier. Uh, but everybody else just kind of, you know, jockeying for position in that middle round. Sometimes the people at the very bottom have a good week, and they jump up into the middle group, and then sometimes somebody else falls back. So uh, that's going to become more and more evident here of, of – who's got the, the chops, I guess, to make it to the top level as we keep going along here in the season. Well, the big announcement for the evening was at the very end, uh, this is kind of when I figured it out, was kind of like in the second half of the show, I'm like, okay, let's see who's left the dance. And you saw that, that Selma had not danced yet with her partner, Sasha. And I started thinking to myself, uh-oh, I hope it's not something with her, but I won't be surprised if it is because uh, Selma's the person that has MS and, you know, she was diagnosed, I want to say, I think four years ago and, you know, relatively young woman. And I guess that's just a brutal disease. And we've seen it manifest itself a little bit in her speech and in her emotion or lack of ability to move in certain directions. But she's done a great job on the show this year. And she said in one of her packages, you know, I have issues throughout the week, but my hope is I never, you know, I guess, tighten up and, and, and cinch up my muscles and so forth during that 90-second program. And she really hasn't that I've seen. Well, obviously, she, her doctors have been monitoring her all year, and they basically came to her. I guess they have been doing MRIs and so forth, and they said, your bones are just getting beat up in your muscles, and there's like severe trauma to them. And she mentioned that she really hadn't done much the last few years physically because she's been coping with that disease. And uh, to come in here and do the incredible physical stuff that's required, you can only imagine how that affects people who are healthy, let alone people who are dealing with an illness like this. So uh, that doctor just said, you, you're going to have to drop out of the competition because if you keep this up, it's going to get worse and worse, and then you're going to be down for the count. And she has a child, and she doesn't want to be bedridden like any of us do. So she just made the tough decision to uh, drop out of the competition. So that was the big uh, number for the, or the announcement for the night. And since she did have to drop out on Monday night, there was no elimination. So other than her leaving, there was no other dancer that was going home that night. So they told us that the next night um, they're going to have uh, – I was wondering if they would do a double elimination the next night. And they didn't need to because I think they basically needed to get rid of two people um, you know, this week somehow. And it's probably going to be one the first night and one the second night. It's really interesting, though, when you think about it because they basically had to learn – parts of four dances, two full dances, and then parts of two others. You had your Monday night dance, you had your Tuesday night dance, and then on Tuesday night with the dance marathon, there were two different styles that were in the dance marathon. And they all, they were only played for two minutes each, but still, you had to learn those. And boy, for there's still a lot of non-dancers left. And Trev, Trevor said this, you know, he's the one guy that I've been following closely because uh, of his phobia of dancing. And he was like, you know, this is insane. I have to learn two dances this week and then basically parts of two others. 
And uh, I can't imagine what a rough week that was last week for especially the non-dancers. But uh, week five is when I think the nagging injuries start. You know, your feet are hurting and your back is hurting and and uh, all kinds of different issues. So it had to be a horribly tough week for them. So we get to Tuesday night and it is prom night. They're going to have their regular dance and everybody brought their old prom pictures in and they danced to a song that was around at their time, I guess. And so they felt comfortable doing that. And then they did the dance marathon, which they've done before on the show, but it's been years and years and years. And so it was nice to see it again because I guess the dance marathon is a staple of traditional ballroom competitions. And that's when all the couples flood the dance floor and... One by one, they're eliminated by the judges who are watching, obviously, off stage, And the, the judges throw up a sign, and it says, it has a name on it, and that's the couple that's being eliminated. So someone walks over and taps them on the shoulders, and they're out for the evening. And they get a point for each time they stay longer and longer and longer. So the first one eliminated gets one bonus point. And since we still had 11 couples, the person who won the dance-off or dance marathon gets 11 extra points what a huge difference that makes when you're getting eliminated early and you're only getting one, two, or three points, or you're getting eliminated late and you're getting nine, 10, or 11 points. You know, the judge's scoring doesn't create huge gaps in this show. Well, this extra point or extra 11 points that you get can create a huge gap in the show. So uh, I always liked it because, you know, the show, especially now, is pretty much a popularity contest. And you know, the dance marathon, and I don't want to say that <laughs> they're rigging results because they're not, but the producers can, how would I say this, manipulate uh, who they would like to see maybe stay on. In other words, if someone's really, really killing it in the fan vote, but they're not a very good dancer, and that happens a lot, they're probably going to get eliminated early in the dance marathon because they don't need the extra points. Now, someone else who's a very good dancer, who's not getting much fan support, the show would probably like to keep them around, so they're probably going to go very far in the dance marathon, so they get a lot of extra judges' point to help make up for their lack of fan support they're getting. So I always think that kind of stuff's going and going on, and Tuesday night with the dance marathon results, I think it happened again, but we'll get into that in just a minute. Uh, let's look at the uh, dances on Tuesday night. We'll just, we'll just hit it kind of quickly here with each couple since we still have to talk about, about the marathon. Well, up first on prom night, the second night, was Daniel and Britt. And Daniel's one of the, he was the, he's the deaf actor that's on the show. And he's kind of like one of those middle of the pack guys that sometimes has a good one, sometimes has a bad one. And his dance that night, they danced the cha-cha. The judges gave him 32, which was down two points from last week. And the judges did have a lot of critiques for him. Len said that he needs to move the free arm more. I guess it was more static and, you know, boy, this is tough for men, probably for women too, but, you know, men just moving your body and your arms in a lyrical fashion, <laughs> it's hard enough figuring out the steps, let alone what am I doing with this free hand over here? But uh, that's something Len said he wanted to look at. Both uh, Bruno and Derek said he needs to work on his footwork some more. And uh, Carrie Ann said his, his uh, routine was contained. He needs to just blow it out of the park or blow it out of the water better, you know, and that's that's more of a performance thing, I think. But since he's a non-dancer and since, don't forget, he can't hear, I'm sure that that so much of the week is just figuring out 
the dance moves, and then you got to throw in the performance. But uh, Daniel had a 32 for the night, as I said. His total for two nights then was 66 because they were going to add in the Monday night score to the Tuesday night score. Up next was Heidi and Artem. And Heidi, as I mentioned on Monday night, had kind of jumped into that top echelon there of the three best dancers on the show. Well, she had a jazz routine on Monday night, and it wasn't quite as good. Uh, Bruno mentioned that... uh, he, she missed a dismount, and it was a little shaky. Uh, I guess it was a lift or something, and it was just a little shaky when she came out of it. Uh, Carrie Ann Anava said she wanted more, and I think that's a good critique at this time. You know, She is a trained dancer, or was, and here we are mid-season now, and she knocked it out of the park last week. You need to keep that momentum going because we're getting into the home stretch here in a couple weeks, and she's already shown that she can be in the top of the leaderboard with the others. But this one just was a little bit of a retrenching night, I guess. And for me, as I was watching it, I guess I was thinking the same as Carrie Ann. It seemed like it was a little bit of a slow motion dance. And in a jazz routine, you know, that gives you the chance to shine and really do some uh, personal moves and kind of make it your own. And I thought it was just a little bit too, like I guess Carrie Ann said, contained. So uh, with her 33 for the night that she got, you add that to a Monday score, she had 69 total points. Up third was Vinny and Coco. Vinny, I think most people would agree, is the weakest dancer left. Uh, there's some others down there maybe that you could include in, in the lower level. But uh, Vinny's up and down. Some weeks he's good, some weeks he's bad. This was more of a down week. And... He uh, danced a Viennese waltz with his partner. Bruno said it needed uh, more musicality and attention to detail and uh, felt that he was behind the music a little bit. Uh, Carrie Ann said the footwork was kind of iffy. Uh, Derek said he needs to bend his legs more and and, uh, move his arms a little bit more. It will create the kind of angles that you need. So uh, they had a lot of uh, critique for him, and he's still got a lot to work on. He got a 28 for the evening. That was the low score for the Tuesday night dance, and a total of 60 for the two nights. Let's see, up number four was uh, Shangela and Gleb, and they did a cha-cha, and boy, what a perfect dance for Shangela. You know, she is the life of the party. Uh, Everything she does is (laughs) exciting, and and it draws your attention into her. Uh, Carrie Ann said it was powerful, uh, she did say that she gets to, needs to get a little bit uh, tighter, I guess, in the overall presentation. But uh, Derek just com- complimented her on her energy. And, you know, that's a recurring thing with her each week. She brings the party to the ballroom, that's for sure. And uh, when you're out there, uh, the excitement and you see the show in person, the excitement she brings is is palpable. You can feel it. You can hear it. And... I'm glad she's getting the support in the ballroom because this is one of those picks of, you know, it's two men dancing together and the old school dancing with the stars crowd probably wouldn't be given so much support. And who knows what the fan support is now. Uh, Shangela's also one of those kind of middle of the pack people and she needs something to bust out. But she got 35 for the night. So for a two night total of 67. Up fifth on Tuesday night was Charlie and Mark. Uh, the leader, I guess everyone would pretty much say is the odds on favor to win. They did a jive and we had talked about, she got uh, four tens, I'm sorry, three tens on Monday night. And I would expect nines and tens for her the rest of the way. You know, we've kind of gotten through that path where they can't score very high for whatever reason. (laughs) And uh, she's so good. And Mark is so creative. 
I just expect them to be there every week. Um, let's see here. They did say, I think she had a 38 for the evening. So that was two tens. Um, two people didn't give her a 10 that, that, that night on the second night. But it was a total of 77 out of 80 for two nights. That's pretty darn good. Uh, let's see here. Derek mentioned that he wanted to see a little more energy on that dance because the jive is such an energetic dance. And uh, she's a young person too. So uh, yeah, she needs to work on that if that's really what was wrong. Derek certainly mentioned it and he knows what he's talking about. Uh, because with her youth and her ability, she doesn't need to be having issues of not giving out enough energy, that's for sure. And then Carrie Ann kind of piggybacked on that. She just said something was missing and that she wanted a little more growth from her. And I don't know if that translates into more energy like Derek said or not, but it's hard to find much uh, critique for her from the judges. They're all pretty, very positive, And I get it. She's an unbelievable dancer. Uh, number six up for the evening was Jesse James Decker and her partner, Alan. Now they did a Viennese waltz and Jesse's one of those that had a rough start um, in the beginning of the competition, but she's gotten a little bit better each week. The judges are coming around on her. I thought they were a little tough on her early on, but uh, her Viennese waltz got 32 for the evening. Uh, Derek said she needs more arm strength. Carrie Ann says she's seeing continued growth, which is obviously very positive. And then uh, Bruno kind of com combined both of those comments. He said she is getting better, but she still has to work on her arm movement, something that Derek had mentioned too. When you added her 32 in from the 29 the night before, she had 61 points, and that's way down. That's down with Vinny. Vinny's always almost down at the bottom. He had 60 for the two nights. Jesse has uh, 61 for the two nights. And I think she's got decent fan support with the country music uh, fan base out there, but she can't afford to be down on the judges' scorecard like that. So uh, Jesse needs to... Keep improving like they all do, but uh, I think she's a little bit more in danger with the judges and some of the other folks. Number seven up, uh, Gabby, the bachelorette, and her partner, Val. And it was fun with Gabby and Val. I think I thought of this right away. When we were waiting in line, the second line you're in, to go inside, it's right outside the studio doors. And everybody's just kind of hanging out there, you know, and it's kind of quiet. You hear the murmur of everybody talking in line. Next thing you know, you hear this kind of loud I don't know, yelling and shrieking. And you look over and uh, Gabby and Val had come out of the studio just to come say hi to the audience out there. And I had just mentioned that to last year's contest winner that was there saying, yeah, when I first went, Derek came out and, and you know, the, the fans just went crazy and he ran up and down the aisles, was high-fiving everybody and some of the ladies were hugging him and it just added so much to the experience. So that was really cool of Val to come out with Gabby and they didn't really go up and down the aisles, but they came out and they waved. And of course, they were already dressed. And geez, the, uh, the dress people and makeup people at this place, they make them look so gorgeous. Not that they're beautiful, not beautiful people anyways, but Gabby had this incredible dress on and her hair and her makeup and looked so snazzy. And so did Val. And uh, it was nice for them to come out and everybody go, yay, and shriek and everything when they came out. So that was fun. But Gabby's in one of those upper tier positions. They did a, dango, a tango, a dango, a tango on a Tuesday night, and there's really not much to say about this except that she got the first forty of the season. So Len gave her a nine, or, or given Charlie a nine the night before, so we hadn't had a perfect forty yet. But uh, they loved Gabby's tango, and 
you know, when you get a perfect 40, there's not much to say except it was fantastic. They really didn't have any things that she needed to work on uh, after that tango. When you added in the 40 from the 36 that she got the night before, she's at a total of 76 for the two nights, which is a really nice place to be. Uh, up eighth was Trevor and Emma. They did a jive, and the jive's always tough for a non-dancer, as Trevor is. And I'm a little concerned that Trevor may be plateauing. Uh, he's the guy that had the phobia of dancing, and this was a tough week for him. And he mentioned it in his video package, you know, gosh, I had to learn the two dances, and then we had to learn parts of two dances for the marathon. And somebody like Trevor, I can relate to so much. I can't imagine learning one dance in six days. What? I have to learn two and really parts of two more? Uh, this is too much. This is overload. And uh, he got four eights, which is good. But obviously, that's not going to cut it with the talent that we have at the upper tier this year. But still, uh, nice. Uh, but they have a lot of critique for Trevor because he does a lot of non-dancer things that we would all do if we don't know how to dance. We would forget. And and there's just so much stuff they have to do in those dances, you know, technique-wise, that the people that have some kind of dance training, that's more of a natural for them. And then they just have to work on their performance where Trevor has to do both. He has to learn the technique and then try to perform. The performance is maybe not quite as hard for him since he's an actor, but still, the technique is the problem. Both uh, Derek and Bruno said they needed more bounce in the jive. You know, it's a lot of kicks and flicks and, you know, being on the balls of your feet. Uh, let's see. Uh, Len said he wanted straighter legs from him. And Carrie Ann said he needed to move the elbows away from his body more because when you bring the elbows in, I guess it makes you look like you're kind of closing yourself off and making yourself smaller. So a lot of things for Trevor to work on. <clears throat> 32 for the evening, 64 for the two nights. And that's why I'm saying he's kind of plateauing around that eight place. And that's okay, but it's probably not long for this world for too much longer. Uh, up ninth, uh, uh, Joseph Baina and his, his partner, Daniela, they did a cha-cha, and I, I'm a big fan of Joe. I've talked about that. I think he's one of those unique characters that's a little different. He's not a trained dancer, just like Daniela's other partners that she's had, uh, Iman and, and Nelly. Uh, but Joe's kind of in that middle-of-the-pack thing, too. And even though he's interesting to watch, and I want to see more of him, he's like the rest of them. He's not really busting out of that pack. So they're all just kind of still in that middle of, middle of the pack place. And uh, that's not necessarily good <laughs> because you, you need to stand out. Even though Shangela is, is still in the middle of the pack, boy, I remember her dances every week. And it, it's just because of the performance she gives. So Joe has to work on that a little bit. Let's see here. And the cha-cha, Derek said his legs were bent too much and he has to worry about his thumbs. I guess when you have those, those hands, you know, going through the air and doing things, I guess his thumbs were looking weird to Derek for some reason. Uh, but he said, you know, still good improvement. Joe's getting better every week, so it's nice to see. Uh, let's see here. Carrie Ann praised him for his body movement. And it is neat to see a big guy like that move in such a fluid musical way. And I think part of that might be his bodybuilding regimen. You know, I'm sure those poses and so forth, they probably come in very handy in certain dance poses. So he'll be fun to watch down the road too, hopefully. Up, up number 10 for the evening was Jordan and Brandon. They did a contemporary dance. And Jordan's again, another one of those middle of the pack people that's not standing out too much. Although she did get a 35 on Tuesday night. 
uh, which is a little better than some of the other middle-of-the-pack people. And when you added that to the 33 the night before, she's at 68 for the two nights. I don't know if I mentioned Joe had a 32, and he had 66 for the two nights. For Jordan's dance, Len said that she just needed uh, a little less spinning in the contemporary dance. There's, you know, contemporary, you can kind of do what you want. And this is one of the reasons I love Len. You know, he doesn't get caught up in the theatrical uh, tricks that go on in contemporary and jazz. He wants to see like real dance moves. And he kind of said that. He says, I, I want to see less spinning around the dance floor. And, you know, Brandon grabbed her and kind of spinned her around when your body's prone to the uh, ground. And I get it. It's like that's not really dance in the way we think of dance moves. Sometimes it fits in a, in, a, in a routine, and in contemporary it does. But Len just said there was too much of it. And uh, let's see, they didn't have too much else to criticize. That was one of Jordan's better dancers concerning, or the other judges said it was one of her better dances. So uh, she got the 35 for 68 for two nights. And then up last uh, for the evening was Wayne Brady and Whitney. And Wayne's one of those upper echelon people. He did a samba. And... You know, he, you don't have to worry about his performance. That's always there because he's he is a performer. You got to worry about the technique more for from uh, Wayne, but not too much, obviously, as he's been at the top of the leaderboard. And uh, Lane uh, Wayne was the second person, or he got the second forty of this season. We talked about Gabby getting a forty earlier. Well, his samba was was awesome. And again, there's not too much to say here. The judges don't really have much to say as far as criticisms, criticisms go when you get a 40. And I guess that makes sense because that means it's kind of a perfect dance. But you add his 40 into the 37 <clears throat> that he got the night before, and he had 77 for uh, the two nights. And that puts him in the upper echelon. In fact, uh, let's see, before the dance marathon, Charlie, Wayne, and Gabby, again, top of the leaderboard, 77, 77, and 76 points. Everybody else was in the 60s, with Heidi being in fourth place at 69, and Vinny down at the bottom at 60. Okay, well, it's time for the dance marathon then. And the way that works, let me grab a quick drink here. Still a little dry and everything from the congestion going away. Uh, all the couples are on the dance floor. And so that's 11 couples we had left. And they're given a spot. They're told where to go. And until there's two songs to it. The first, first half of the dance marathon was a two-minute song, and you were supposed to dance the hustle technique. And then once the music changed, you changed to Lindy Hop. Now, when the music change changes, the, the couples can go wherever they want on the dance floor. So for the first dance, they're supposed to stay in their assigned locations because there's 11 of them and you'd be banging into each other if you're moving around much. But by the time you get to the Lindy Hop portion, which is the second two-minute segment, half the people are gone. So it gives them a chance to spread out a little more. And there's a little bit of, uh, I guess, gamesmanship there in that. You have to figure out where's the best place to go. Do I want to get close to the judges? Do I want to get close to somebody that I'm kind of competing with and want to stand out against them. So that's always kind of fun too. Um, and this is the place where I told you that I think, oh, by the way, when you do get picked out by the judges, they'll throw up a little sign that says Gabby and Val. And then somebody from the production staff goes over and taps them on the shoulders and they have to leave the dance floor. That's how you're eliminated. And then, like I said earlier, you get a point for every time you stay a little bit longer. So the person that's eliminated first or the couple that's eliminated first, they get one point. Then the next person or couple gets two points, so on and on. 
And it can make a huge difference when you're getting 11 bonus points if you win this thing and become prom king and queen for the evening. So they start off, and i just going to kind of go through the list here, I guess, of how they were eliminated. I had mentioned earlier, too, that this is where I think the producers can kind of massage the numbering a little bit, meaning if someone they want to stay on the show a little longer is doing not well in the fan vote, they're going to do well in the marathon, and vice versa. If somebody's just getting tons of fan votes and the producers really don't want them to stick around too much longer because they're not a very good dancer, they're going to be eliminated early in the marathon. And it went according to form in that respect, because when you look at uh, Gabby, Wayne, and Charlie, who are at the top of the leaderboard every week on the judges' scorecard, and they're probably all getting fairly good fan support, they don't need help from this this, uh, dance marathon. But since they're the best dancers, you're thinking, oh, they're probably, you know, going to last longer. Well, they all went home right or left the dance floor right in the middle of the competition. And I'm like, What? Because Wayne went out fifth, Gabby sixth, and Charlie seventh, you know. And so those three great dancers all went out in the middle of the competition or the middle of the dance marathon. I don't think so, but they don't need the points, so let's just get them out early and let's help out the people that do need the points. I don't want to be like a conspiracy theorist or anything, but I'm pretty sure that kind of stuff goes on. Okay, first person eliminated Daniel. Uh, That tells me Daniel's got a pretty good fan base because he's kind of a middle-of-the-pack person, and I guess they didn't think he needed much help. Second to go was Vinny, another guy that's probably got one of the better fan support bases in, in the show this season. He's always on, on the lower end of the judges' scorecard, and he's never been in the bottom two yet. So Vinny went off second. Jordan went off third. Uh, Joseph Bayana went off fourth. And then we had the Wayne-Gabby-Charlie mix. Uh, going off eighth was Trevor. Going off ninth was Heidi, and that was big for her because she's the one that kind of got close and busted into that top tier last week, and uh, then she didn't have the best dance this uh, that night, and so she got eight or no, it was nine points in the dance marathon. Helped her tremendously. Shangela got uh, eliminated second to last and got ten points for the evening. I hope that doesn't mean Shangela is in trouble with the fan vote, but it might be. And then the winner of the dance marathon was Jesse James Decker and Allen. I don't think anybody would have guessed that beforehand. On the judges' scorecard, she was at the very bottom with Vinny, only one point ahead of him. And they've been tough on her all year. And then the next thing you know, now she's winning the dance marathon. Hmm, kind of interesting how that works. But uh, you add in uh, the, the dance marathon bonus points to come up with the new leaderboard for the evening. Charlie, Wayne, and Gabby were still up there at the top, 84, 82, and 82. Everybody else was either in the 70s or we had two people way down in the 60s. Heidi, with that nine extra bonus points, jumped all the way to 78 points and was the fourth person on the leaderboard. Way down at the bottom were Vinny at 62 and Daniel at 67. So you're thinking maybe Vinny or Daniel are going to be in the bottom two. Well, let's, let in, let's uh, add in the fan vote. Nope. They both jumped out. So that just kind of solidifies what I was telling you. Interesting how they got very little points in the dance marathon, and they were at the bottom two of the judges' scorecard. You add in the fan vote, they jump out. They've got fan support. So they didn't need the extra points. But uh, this is where it starts to get kind of scary because, you know, Vinny needs to go. He's probably the weakest dancer left, in my opinion. Uh, He's been great and entertaining, but... He's never in the bottom two when he had in the fan vote. So he must be just killing it with the Jer- Jersey Shore fan base. So when both 
Vinny and Daniel jump out of the bottom two after adding in the fan vote, the people who fell to the bottom two were Joseph Baena and Heidi D'Amelio. And to have Heidi in there in the bottom two after she is fourth on the judges' scorecard and finished second, was it, in the uh, marathon, you know she's not getting fan support. So this is when it starts getting really tough now because Joseph... I'd hate to see him go because he's so uh, unique and entertaining, and we want to see Daniela work her magic with him, but it's either going to be him or Heidi, and Heidi's one of those that has dance experience, and she's getting better and better, so I hate to see her go too, but that's the way this show works. So Derek voted to save Heidi. Carrie Ann voted to save Joseph, so you know Len was going to be the deciding factor. Bruno didn't have to vote, but he did, <laughs> and he picked Heidi, and as soon as Carrie Ann went for Joseph, I thought, oh, that's it for him because Len likes Heidi. And sure enough, Len decided to save Heidi and Joseph Vienna goes home. So that was a sad one for me. I uh, wanted to see Joe get better and better and better. A guy that's got no dance experience. He's with a fantastic pro. And like I said, we've said over and over, Daniela worked magic with Iman and Nelly, and we're not going to get a chance to see it because Joseph went home and, uh, Heidi lives to see another day. So Heidi needs to get some fan support. I don't think you can really generate that necessarily. It's just something you're either going to have or you're not going to have. Maybe Charlie could tell some of her fans, uh, hey, go vote for mom. I want to keep her around after that uh, revelation that she was in the bottom two after the fan vote, even though she was in fourth place on the judges' scorecard. So that's the results from the... uh, Two nights there of week five of Dancing with the Stars, season 31. Okay, I need to rest my voice a little bit. We're just going to play a little ticket audio segment here. What is it? It's only about uh, six minutes, I guess. And this is going to be a muser segment going back to 2016. So over, what's that, six years ago? Uh, The musers were the last show, I guess, to come on board with the bit. They didn't know about it because I didn't work too many of their shows. Well, I'm working a remote with them here, and you know they're just going to kind of gig me a little bit. Uh, it's always awkward going on with there because with them because Gordon likes to, I don't know, make you uncomfortable. <laughs> You'll hear that pretty quickly off right off the top here. But uh, this is just a little of me with the Musers. Remember, this is six years ago. They asked me my opinions on a couple things. My opinions have changed on a couple things since then, since we've seen a lot more dancers and a lot more seasons of Dancing with the Stars. But uh, let's just listen to a little of the Musers segment with me from, let's see, six years ago. Let's get into the corner. I do want to talk about uh, Rick Perry being on a new television (laughs) show, but I don't know of anyone who knows anything (laughs) about this television show that can help us out. Uh, so, uh, Tony, do you know anybody who knows anything about Dancing with the Stars? Am I your special guest? Hey! <laughs> it's our Whoa. special guest, Tony. Dancing with the Stars. Sometimes we have celebrities in the corner, sometimes we don't. Boy, this is a big get, isn't it? But it this is. is a big get. I always love talking with you about Dancing with the Stars. And <laughs> there it is. <laughs> All right, let's hear that drop. Dancing with the Stars. <laughs> Why'd you say it so fast? Uh, that started with why today doesn't suck, and you know, as soon as about how long is this story? <laughs> no, no, sure. look, look how defeated he got. I don't he blame did. him. 
Anyways, they jump in real quick when someone no, seriously, how long is this? <laughs> so I had to say it quick to get it in. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Now you have Maybe followed this, you followed the show since season one. Yes. And what drew you to it originally? Uh, I guess uh, the first batch of celebrities, I knew them all. And I was real curious to see a Vander Holyfield dance because I always liked him as You've a boxer. You've always been attracted to him. No. Oh. <laughs> but that was part of it. And then, of course, I've always <laughs> <What>? had... <laughs> no, but that was part of it. <laughs> no, just that uh, I wanted to see him dance. But right. plus, I've always had a phobia of dancing, and I just thought... I don't know. This is a good way for you to get over your phobia yeah, of dancing is yeah. to watch it on TV all the time. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> and and has it uh, corrected? Not going well. Has, <laughs> has it cured you of that phobia? Do you not, dance all the time now? I did take a couple lessons. A and, couple uh, lessons. Yeah, because I, I started stepping on the feet of the instructor, and I got real self-conscious about that, so oh, I gave it up. Oh, man. Oh, he took two lessons and, yeah. and gave it up. So why still watch the show then if you've just now settled into that you're going to well, have a phobia? I mean, I don't know how to explain it to you except something you really like. Um, you know, it's like the ticket to me. It's like uh, a home thing almost. They you have feared the ticket and that's why you <laughs> listen to it? No, I like the ticket. And now I just like the show. You know, I like all the people on it. Mm -hmm. um, uh, you know, the judges are all the same. Tom's the same. The, the, the pros have become the celebrities now, really. And so when Derek came back this, this uh, season, I got all excited. I'm like, wow, we got Derek Huff. And I'm like, oh, wait a minute. That's, who, that's where he made his name was at the show. But now he's going on Derek to bigger things. Yeah, I have no idea what he's talking about. Who? Derek Huff. See, Tony's claim to fame is that he knows more about Dancing with the Stars than any straight man in America. <laughs> and it, it's amazing. So we haven't practiced or rehearsed this. That is not my claim. Tony, is, who, is that claim true? Or are you are you still straight? You've given me that claim. I've never. All right, let me it. just let me put your brilliance on display for the P1. Season eight, who won? Sean Johnson, the Olympic gymnast. <laughs> it's ridiculous that he knows that. Who uh, who else was on the cast that year? Well, it's interesting you mentioned that because season eight really, in my opinion, has the best final three of all time, <laughs> the best finalists. The second place person was Gilles Marini, who in my opinion is the greatest male that's ever been on the show. <laughs> the How could you know that? Well, I'm learning a little bit about dance okay. and moves all and right. things. Moves. And then third place was someone named Melissa Rycroft, who actually lives in Southlake. Former Cowboy and, Cheerleader. Yep. And she then went on to win the All-Star Edition in season 15. So you've got Sean Johnson, arguably a top five woman of all time. Shields Marini, arguably the best male of all time. No one argues any of this. <laughs> no. And then Melissa Rycroft, who won the All-Star Edition. That's got to be the best final three of all time. So. Unbelievable. And he knows that about every season. So there's, uh, what are we, 23 seasons now? Yes. This, this starts September 12th, season 23. Amazing. Yeah. Because you thought, you and I had the same opinion about this show. We thought it'd last maybe one or two seasons. I saw the promo for it before season one. I thought, this is the biggest joke and punt of a uh, TV program. This is that they had a spot to fill. They're just going to throw it in there. And mm -hmm. it's not dancing with the stars. That sounds so 1940s, you know. Oh, the stars are going to be out dancing. It's been huge. Very huge. Because of... <laughs> Because of Tony and other housewives. Yes, housewives and Tony. You know, I always watch the ratings, too, because I'm worried that we're going to 
lose it pretty soon. Yeah, you're always worried about that, aren't you? (laughs) (laughs) We're not going to have a Dancing with the Stars 46, probably. So we're closer to the end, obviously, than we are at the beginning. So you start depreciating it a little more. So I'm always looking at the ratings like, okay, is it going to go away? Well, the last few seasons, it's the number one show on ABC, um, top five show of all the networks. So as long as it still has the good ratings and, you know, they're probably making tons of money, it it might keep going for a little while. So (laughs) I'm hopeful. See, Gordon. Ah, there you go. Just a little Muser's audio. Yes, I was worried about ratings back then, of course, because I'm like, this is, you know, this is the goose that laid the golden egg. These are the good old days. And boy, I was right about that. (laughs) But uh, we still have it. So everything's, everything's good. Everything's good. Okay, well, let's do a top 10 list. We need to talk a little more Dancing with the Stars here. I love these top 10 lists. They go back and look at the history of the show, and, you know, it's fun. This show has a lot of history, and if you're a fan of the show, it's fun to look back at these dances and remember what made this show uh, what it is today. Today we're going to do top 10 switch-up dances. Now, switch-ups didn't start until late in the show's history. As far as I know, I can't remember any switch-ups before season 15. And if it was, it was a one-off thing probably. But in earnest, they started, I want to say in season 19 or 18, maybe where they just had like a switch up week. You know, that was the theme for the week. You know, we have themes for every night. Well, uh, this week on Dancing with the Stars, it's switch up week. Well, what they do is they switch partners. So let's say uh, somebody's dancing with Mark and somebody's dancing with Derek. Well, they may just switch their partners. So Derek gets Mark's partner and Mark gets Derek's partner. And that can be jarring. You know, you've, you've trained with one pro the whole time. You got used to their training techniques. And then the next thing you know, wow, here comes somebody totally new. So uh, it was kind of a fun uh, thing that they did. I haven't looked back and seen when the last one they did. But there seemed to be a period of like from, I don't know, season 18 to season 24 where they did a lot. And it wasn't too much before that or too much since then that I remember. So all these dances are going to be, I guess, somewhat recent. Uh, Not super recent, but, you know, obviously the second half of the show's history for sure. Okay, before we get into the top 10, we got to have an honorable mention. And the reason I wanted to do this, if you haven't seen it, go back and watch it or if you're curious about it. This one wasn't a good dance necessarily, but it was one of those comedic things that I got a big kick out of watching. And that is... Honorable mention goes to Paula Dean and Mark Ballas. Uh, Paula's partner, if I remember right, was Louis Van Amstel back then. I think that was Louis's last season before he came on back this season. And I'm thinking, you know, Paula was 68 at the time, and she had, had made some controversial comments, uh, <laughs> I guess, to the public. And uh, it was a little controversial pick. And I was like, well, what is Mark going to do with 68-year-old Paula? And it was basically a routine called Mark the Milkman or Mark's Milk or something. And you just got to go back and watch it. It's hilarious. He does funny things with it. She acted the part really well. And it was one of those that, yeah, the dancing wasn't super great, but it was a lot of entertainment and a lot of fun. And uh, that's the genius of Mark Ballas. He can, he's so creative, he can come up with just about any kind of bit or production uh, design for any partner that he gets. So honorable mention to Paul and Mark. Number 10 on my top 10 switch-ups, going back to season 21, Alexa Penavega and Derek Huff. Now, Alexa was actually Mark's partner in season 21, and they had had kind of a tough dance the week before, and... What I'm going to play here is 
a, a little clip from Alexa and Derek, and she kind of talks about how Mark was bummed and that she just needed a change. Sometimes these switch-ups can really help people. Sometimes it's tough because you're going to a brand new partner and you've already developed a chemistry with the one and, and it just doesn't work real well. Well, Alexa needed a break from Mark and she mentions this here in the audio clip. And I'm not gonna play the judge's response to the dance. I just want you to hear what Alexa had to say. And remember, they just had a tough dance, Alexa and Mark, and this is her talking about next week, switch up with Derek. Uh, she forgot I'm saying, that's why I'm sad. She didn't care. I'm more upset than she is. I think the hardest part was honestly talking to Mark about it afterwards. It sucks. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so sorry. It's okay. Are you gonna be okay? I'm fine, yeah, yeah. I'm just, I'm, bu I'm bummed oh. for you. You know, that sucks. He was so down, and he kept telling me, you might get eliminated. And and that was kind of a bummer, just because, you know, I want him to believe in me. What's up, girl? Heck yes! Let's do this! Oh, oh. This week, I have a wonderful, wonderful partner, Mr. Derek Huff. I had a blunder last night, not gonna happen. Those weeks are kinda like a blessing in disguise. You get a chance to redeem yourself. But it's like, the gears wasn't even that bad, so. <laughs> Tango, let's get into it. Boom, boom, that's it. Derek is awesome. I feel like I've got a whole new perspective of how to look at dance. Shoot out, go. That is... Holla! Remarkable, beautiful, awesome. fantastic. Thank you. Effortless. He's encouraging. Alexa's confidence got a little knocked last week, and I want to come in here and really build her back up. Like, I got this. I got this. I got this. That's it. Very good. Very oh good. Oh my go. god. Again, come on. I know how much this week means. There you go. Yeah, you get a little glimpse into Derek's teaching processes. Uh, not only was he or is the greatest dancer in the history of the show, <clears throat> he's one of the greatest teachers, if not the best. Uh, Derek. How would I say this? He he molds his teaching to the individual that he is teaching, meaning he doesn't have a one-size-fits-all way to teach. Uh, like, it, like they said in the package there, Alexa was down and her confidence was shaken. And you heard Derek's positivity and she got a whole new lease on life and she went out to just killed the dance too. It was a really good dance. And that's, that's the greatness of Derek. And that's a good example of how a switch up can really help a contestant where she might've had a little, he or she might've had a little rough time the week before, and maybe the partnership was getting a little fractured or something. Well, let's take a little break here, get a new perspective. And if it turns out, well, you're probably going back to the old partnership with a better frame of mind. So, uh, uh, Alexa and Derek, my number 10 switch up of all time. They, by the way, they did a tango and uh, it was really good too. Uh, everything with Derek, of course, is good. But uh, uh, Alexa and Derek, my number 10 switch up partners. Uh, number nine, going back to season 22, it was Niall DeMarco and Sharna. Niall's partner was Peta, and Peta and Sharna are best friends. And I was thinking it might not be too tough for him to move over to Sharna. But remember, Niall couldn't hear and can't hear. And it's like, wow, you have just developed a rapport with this partner of yours forever. And I don't know if Peter was learning sign language, but obviously they had something that was going well because Niall won that season and everything was great. So he goes with Sharna and they do a Viennese waltz. And boy, this was an emotional dance. Uh, Niall is one of those characters that's been on the show that you see what people can do with whatever 
disability they have, and it gets emotional. It's like, wow, you know, we complain our regular people who don't have issues like that. I can't dance, and you get all upset and nervous when things go wrong. Think about these folks that are doing things with disabilities, and man, it does get kind of emotional. Uh, emotional. And I think one of the judges here talks about his musicality, and it's like, how can you have musicality when you can't hear? But we'll play some of the judges' comments right now. All right. Darian, what you think? Yeah, take a moment. Yeah, I know. Wow. <laughs> um. <laughs> you take my breath away, and I'm not alone, I can tell. At first, I thought maybe at the beginning of this competition that you were at a disadvantage. But when I watch you perform, I realize that you're at an advantage because you've been telling stories with your body and communicating with your body your whole life. You were born to dance. And that was a phenomenal thing well. I'll tell you what that was. That was like a total eclipse. It don't turn up often, but when it does, it's fantastic. It's so hard. It's hard for me to comprehend. I know you. I know you well. It's hard for me to understand how this is possible. It's the best dance of the night. It's one of the best. I see. It has so much musicality. So much musicality, which is mind-boggling how it's possible. Amazing job. All right, Bruno. Kyle, the magic of dance is alive within you. You have to be made of granite, not to fall head over heels in love with that performance. <laughs> Mr. Dreamy. Well, there you go. They certainly loved it, and it was quite a Viennese waltz. So Niall and Sharna, Sharna are my number nine top ten switch-ups. Uh, number eight, go back to season 19, and Janelle Parrish and her partner Artem, <clears throat> they did a routine uh, to the burlesque theme. And I don't have any audio on this because we covered this last year when I did my top 10 sexiest dances. Oh boy, this one was something else. Uh, Janelle was just sexy all the time to me anyways. And uh, Artem's a good looking guy, you know. And of course, this was a burlesque, burlesque routine, which is kind of racy and sexy. And they, they brought the heat for not being regular partners. You know, Janelle and Val had brought the heat the entire season. And then... Uh, it was uh, quite a dance to see when uh, Janelle came and danced with Artem. Their sexy burlesque is my number eight uh, top 10 switch-ups. Uh, number seven, we're going back to season 22, Paige Van Zandt and her partner, Alan. Now, this wasn't a traditional uh, switch-up, meaning it's a switch-up week. Uh, Paige's partner, Mark, had had some kind of injury at the last minute. And this is one of those where the pro comes in at the last minute. And I know they're professionals, but still that always amazes me. I think it was like, you know, the Sunday before the show or maybe even the Monday morning. It might've been Monday morning when they did dress rehearsal because they weren't dressed. Oh, I just regular rehearsal without you know, being dressed up. Cause I saw the video of this and he hurt his back, I believe it was. So Alan has to come in and Paige was a really good dancer. And She's the MMA fighter, and I was stunned at how good a dancer she was, and then I found out that she had had dance experience, so uh, that wasn't as surprising then. But uh, Paige and Alan did a salsa dance, and geez, Paige was just very just sexy gal for an MMA fighter. She was very powerful, you know, her body's so strong from that. I'm sure that she didn't have to do much to develop any kind of core strength, 
And uh, she was quite a dancer that year. And then the uh, judges loved it. And let's play a little what they had to say. This is Paige and Allen. Now, what, before, we, before we go to the judges, I, there's, one thing, there's one thing I, gotta, I just got to point out. In all the years we've done the show now, we're in our 11th year. One of the things I've always admired is our professional dancers, their ability to do what you did, come in on two hours' notice and nail that. Another great example of the professionalism and athleticism of our, of our dancers here. All right, Len. Well, first, well done to Mark for great choreography. Yeah. Well done to you, Alan, for standing in. And Paige, well done to you for producing the best dance so far on season 22. tonight with the power of volcanic explosion. My God, all of that energy. But it was energy combined with great ease of movement. Those lifts and those spins were so well done. A tiny little thing, because of your impetus, don't be very, very careful not going ahead of the music. You want to do it so badly that sometimes you go a little bit ahead. So, you know, you control it. Too, yeah, yeah, it's one of her things. She wants it and she wants to do it. And I, I really appreciate that, but you have to correct that. Right. Thank you. All right, here I am. Bruno, Bruno is right. You rushed a little bit just in the beginning, but I think you came out of the gate. You destroyed that number, <laughs> Like you're like so powerful as a dancer, and this week you just like you just showed us all your sissy, 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 sissy. So there. Whatever that means. <laughs> yeah, as they say, she's so powerful because I think she had all that muscular musculatureness. Is that right? The word is that a word? <laughs> Body full of muscles, and she was so fun to watch. And of course, the salsa is a high energy, exciting dance. And like Bruno said, she just brought brought the house down. And I think. Sometimes when you do dance those energetic, high, dan high energy dances, you do get a little ahead of the music or you want to do so well and you're having so much fun. But uh, it was great for Alan to step in there at the last minute. And uh, Paige and Alan are my number seven top 10 switch ups. Number six, going back to season 23, James Hinchcliffe and Jenna Johnson. This was the Halloween dance, so I'm not going to have any audio here. We'll do that when we do Halloween dances later this, this uh, season. Uh, James Hinchcliffe my best male dancer in the history of the show that had no dance experience. If there's anybody else, I can't think of them off the top of my head. All the other great male dancers have had some kind of dance experience. James Hinchcliffe was just amazing. And he just showed that he could dance with anyone there. It was a crazy dance. It made my top 10 Halloween dances, as I said. And uh, so we'll talk a little bit more about it then. But uh, Jenna also stepped in because of an injury. Sharna hurt herself and it wasn't a, a traditional switch up week because it was Halloween week. Okay, they're number six on my list. Let's go to number five, back to season 24, Heather Morris and her partner, Alan. Uh, Heather Morris was one of the, I guess you would say, controversial figures, not because of anything she did or didn't do, except that she was basically a professional dancer. She had been a backup dancer to Beyonce. She had choreographed stuff on the TV show Glee. And uh, she didn't get very far that season because I think the traditional viewers of the show didn't want someone that's basically a professional dancer winning. Uh, now with the different kind of audience, she probably would have done a lot better now, of course, especially with the judges save. But uh, she had the misfortune of being back before a judges save. 
But uh, Allen had to step in for uh, Max, who was injured. And Max was injured two or three weeks that season, I think. And uh, this was actually their second dance together. Their first one was uh, not quite as, as good. So it's a little, I don't want to say unfair, but I probably should have just keep it, kept it the switch-ups in the very first week because they had a week to get to know each other a little better. They did a tango, and, uh, you know, Heather was great at anything she did, so she was going to be great with any partner. But again, Alan, back in the day before he became a regular pro, he would step in all the time. You know, he's a troop member, and he was always there, ready to go, the loyal foot soldier. But uh, uh, they had a great tango, and let's see what the judges had to say about that. So do they so far. Carry on. Let's start. And I'm like, okay, are you just going to do what you've done before? No, you brought the ballroom to Brittany. That was amazing. Your hold, your carriage, it was so much improved from the first week. Well done. Great job, Alan. You guys are there great. You Len. You don't have to be clever, Heather. You just have to go. You just have to go down. What's the matter now? You just have to go down this road. You're a terrific dancer. Loads of content of the tango. Plenty of dancing in hold. You know, if, if you were playing poker, you went all in. All your chips, all or nothing. Oh, you. And you came out a winner. The happiest you've been all night. I'm so excited. I know. I know. Julianne? First of all, I don't know any woman who is not envious of this outfit, Britney-inspired. a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Tonight, you guys felt so connected. Yes. When you were dancing, it's not just about getting the steps right and moving and nailing it. You guys had subtleties and you had little things that like the chemistry was off the charts. I mean, I was literally going like this the whole time. <laughs> Woo! So good. So right, good. Do Hit me Hannah one more time. <laughs> that was scintillating and scintillating but what I like, what I saw, and we, that's what we look for into it, is all the variations, the link, the staccato, the accentuations on the musical accent. Dun 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 the uh, pros I got, not pros, she, she was a pro, but one of the contestants that I actually got to take a picture with, back in the day when I would go to the show, there was kind of a hangout next door to the studio, and a lot of the uh, participants would come over afterwards, both the pros and the celebrities. And I took a picture of Heather once, and not only was she a, a fantastic dancer, just an incredible shape. You know, all these dancers that dance for a living are in incredible shape. And went to took a picture with her, and, you know, you put your arms around each other. And I went to grab around her waist. And when I did it, I'm starting to pull my hand in to, to touch her waist. And it just, I kept touching air. I'm like, there's nothing there. There's nothing there. My elbow was like bent back against me before I actually hit her body. She was so tiny. And I think all the pros are that way too. But uh, that was one thing that stuck about stuck out about Heather when I met her. Anyway, she and Alan are number five on my switch-up list. Number four, Meryl Davis and her partner Val. Uh, you know, Meryl's main partner back in season 18 was um, uh, Val's brother, Max. But in switch-up week, Meryl went with Val. And like Heather, 
She's an unbelievable dancer, Meryl was. In fact, she's my top female dancer of all time on the history of the show. And she was going to be good with everything, but they did an Argentine tango, and they will be in my top 10 Argentine tango list, which we we'll, might be able to do this year. We'll see how the season goes. Uh, it, it just She's the definition of that. Lenoy says crisp and clean and precise. You know, the moves are just... It's hard to tell that who the pro is when she dances. So uh, she would have killed it with anyone, but Val is the king of the switch up. He's in, let's see, Val is partnered with three of my top four switch ups of all time. So Val, one of the greats at, at doing this switch up thing. So Marilyn Val, my number four switch up. Number three, going back to season 22, it's Jody Sweeten and again, Val as her switch up partner. Jody was one kind of like Alexa I mentioned earlier that had a tough go with uh, her partner, Mark. Uh, Jody's partner was Keo. And the week before, they had had a rough go for whatever reason. And Val just came in and says, you know, I don't know what happened last week, but we're going to do what we need to do here. And I think I just got rid of it. Well, tell you what, and I can't slip ahead. I'm just going to forget it. Sorry about that. I just clicked on something and it's going to take too long to find it out and all that stuff. So it was Jody Sweeten and Val. Uh, they did a Paso Doble in season 22. And like I said, Jody had had a tough week before with Keo. And sometimes you just need a break. And especially when the celebrity has kind of uh, felt like that their pro has lost faith in them. And I think that that, that was something that Keo and her kind of went through a little bit. And... Val comes in and gives her a new perspective. They did a Paso Doble, as I said, and that's usually the male's dance considered. But Jody was so fierce in that, and she looked so great in it. And she even said, I think, when they asked her what was the difference this week, and she said, I just decided to have fun. You know, I got out of my head about it. I didn't worry too much about what people were saying, and I just went out and had fun. And it sounds like Val allowed her to do that. And, uh, you know... They, I think the judges, I'm sorry, I just X'd it out, but I, I think the judges said that, you know, they, they, they saw of her as a possible contender to win that season. And uh, that wasn't going to happen because that was Niall's season. But uh, Jody, Sweeten, and Val, my number three uh, switch up of all time. Number two on my list, Bethany Mata and Mark. This is going back to season 19. And here's one of those times, oh, I didn't set the opinion alert off this year, did I? <laughs> but this is one of those times that Bethany and Mark will be in nobody else's top 10 list, or you know, very few, because the dance itself, I think it only garnered eights. The judges didn't care for it so much in terms of technique. But this is one of those dances for me personally that had everything I liked. I liked the music, number one, obviously a very personal choice. I like the way they look. This was a hip hop number. And normally I'm not a big fan of hip hop because it's just sometimes too much in your face. And I don't know, seems like it's a protest song or something. This was one of those cheeky hip hop songs that I don't see how anybody could be, you know, offended by it. it reminded me a little of uh, not the actual dance, but the effect of the dance, uh, Zendaya's hip hop way back in season 16. It was a fun dance by a young girl. Bethany was only 18. Uh, Zendaya was 16 and uh, I think Len mentioned it. It was cheeky. You know, it was, uh, it was fun to watch and you didn't feel put off of it, uh, at all. And then Mark, of course, is just great with choreography and creativity. And he's always been great with the young partners. You know, Mark's in his thirties now, late thirties now. And I think he's doing fantastic with Charlie, who's 18. And Bethany was 18 at the time they did this. 
And uh, another thing I liked about it, so I liked I liked the music, I liked the look that they were throwing down. I liked the choreography a lot. You know, it may not have been perfect according to the judges, but the dance move I thought were so great, and I loved watching them. And then they just switched partners that season. Derek took Mark's partner, who was Sadie Robertson, and both Derek and Sadie were in the uh, scene right at the beginning of the dance and right at the end of the dance. And I thought that was a nice little added touch too. It was kind of a bar motif. I think Sasha was the bartender and they had a couple tables out there. But uh, I loved it. So if you are interested, go back and check it out. Bethany, Mata, and Mark's Hip Hop in season 19. They're my number two uh, top 10 switch-ups of all time. Okay, let's go to the number one top 10 switch-up of all time for me. And this is going back to season 21. It's Bindi Irwin and once again, the king of the switch-ups, Val. And they did a cha-cha. Now, I probably would have loved Bindi with anybody because how can you not love Bindi? Bindi Irwin was that ray of sunshine that just, I don't know, put a smile on your face every week. And uh, Bindi could handle anything. You know, ben, Derek was Bindi's uh, partner and Derek never went easy, easy on her because you shouldn't. If someone has the ability and the talent to do things, you need to push them. And I remember Val saying that too, that, that he gave her some hard choreography and she really knocked it out of the part. So uh, I, I think Val, you know, he, he's not as tough as Max is, his brother in, in term of teaching, terms of teaching, but he's a little tougher. He's one of those Eastern European judges, I think, that are a little more of a taskmaster. But when he was with Bindi, at least in the video clips that they showed, man, he softened up. And I'm sure Bindi has that effect on most people that if you come in with a bad attitude or you're grumpy, Bindi's going to put a smile on your face. So let's see what the judges had to say about Bindi and Val. Max, we'll start with you. Me. Um, you. I loved it. <laughs> I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. I, I, I think it's, it was a dance of the night for me, for sure. I feel like, I feel like there's, so much, there's so much positivity coming out of you. I, I, from TV, doesn't register. I don't know if you're real, if this is like an amazing act and you've taken yeah. so many lessons, but you're real, you're here. This has been great. I smiled my, the, the entire day. You lift my spirit like a bright summer's day. You are the essence of joy. You, the food placement and the precision was absolutely immaculate. A tiny little thing that I've been keeping telling you from the beginning. You know what it is? Sheldon! Sheldon! Yeah! <laughs> Thank you! <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, the thing about the switch-up is it's really important that you learn something from your new partner. And not everybody so far tonight, I feel, has been doing that well. But tonight, you took yourself to another level. Your trust in your partners, both Derek and with Val tonight, took you to a whole other level. I saw a new flair. I saw a new style. I saw a whole new level of confidence. Okay, so with Derek, with Val... Regardless of who you dance with, you are bendy and you are a ray of sunshine, and that's exactly what you did. Yeah, they all echoed everything, seemed to think about Bindi. She was such a fun person to watch. It was a fun season to watch. <clears throat> and whether it was Derek or Val or probably anybody else, she was going to be great. So there you have it. My number one switch-up partnership of all time is Bindi Irwin and Val back in season 21. All right, well, let's wrap this thing up here. Uh, we're going to do our contest question here. 
Uh, as we mentioned at the top of the broadcast, uh, went, I got to go to the show on Monday night. I got to take one of the winners from last year's contest. We had a winner on the Hang Zone call-in show here in Dallas, the radio call-in show for the Dancing with the Stars Minute. That was who I took on Monday. And then we had a winner on the contest uh, that we had through the Ballroom Blitz, this podcast, last season. And that winner, uh, hopefully, we're going to go out in two weeks, going to be out there for the Halloween week, which should be an absolute blast. I say hopefully because that's the caveat. Well, there's a lot of caveats with this, but one of them is, is I got to be able to get tickets. And who knows what's going to happen next season as far as the tickets go. But this season, they have not opened up the third floor, which means they've cut the ballroom in half, basically. Uh, so only, I think they said about 250 VIP passes were handed out on Monday's show. Maybe not that many. Maybe it was 220. But it was over 200. And right now, the ballroom's only holding about 350 when you take away the third balcony or the third floor. So that left about 150 tickets, I think, for the general public. And this is a popular show, and people want to go see it in person. And obviously, a lot of people live out in California, so it's easy to them at the last minute to decide to go to the show. It's a lot tougher for us that live in other states because we got to get all our airfare and everything done ahead of time, and then you don't come up with tickets. So just remember that if you want to get into the contest, and we'll talk about that later when we give all the final rules and so forth. It is a, a work in progress, meaning you don't get the tickets until the last minute. So you pick a week and you decide to go to that, and then we got to get tickets. So, you know, I'm going to be all over it. Um, let's see. Is it not next week? Next week is Michael Buble week. Oh, we'll talk about that in a little bit later. And then next week is Halloween. So next week, you know, I'm going to be all over trying to get tickets. But what we're doing this year is, again, the same as last year, contest question each week. I think it's going to be a total of nine maybe questions and we're well over halfway or at halfway point. Um, it's an open book test. I'm asking you a question about something from last week's podcast. So even if you come in the last day and you really want to spend a lot of time listening to the podcast, you can get into the contest. But hopefully if you're in it, you want to be wanted to be in it from the beginning and you're up to date. Okay, last week I mentioned that I thought one of the contestants had been consistently underscored by the judges throughout this season. I think I've said it two or three weeks. I may have even said it in today's episode, but I know I said it last week and that the, the judges had been kind of rough on them. Uh, last week's uh, episode, we mentioned that that contestant had gone on to add their best score of the season. Who was that contestant that I had said last week had been kind of consistently underjudged by the underscored by the judges, and they'd been a bit rough on. And that is the question of the week. Turn out the lights, the party's over. <laughs> they say that all good things must end. Call it a night, the party's over. And tomorrow and next year starts the same old thing again. There we go. Dandy Don Meredith telling us it's time to go. I did okay on the time this week. You know, I've been trying to keep it down a little bit. I thought with two, two episodes, we might run a little over, just a little bit, but we kept that first episode pretty bare minimum, if you remember, just a, what, an hour ago or whatever it was. Um, and of course, it, what we do at the end of every show now is we play a little song from my youth. So let's just listen to this for a while.
right, this is a song called My Forbidden Lover, and it's done by a group called Chic, C-H-I-C. And Chic was a band that was formed in the early 70s by guitarist Nile Rodgers and bassist Bernie Edwards. Man, they're one of my favorites of the disco era. That's when they hit it big. Uh, their big hit started in the uh, mid to late 70s. And this one here, My Forbidden Lover, never really made it to the crossover charts too much to regular stations, a little bit. But it's one of their less successful songs, but it's my favorite song that they've done. And if you ever look at any of the chic videos from the old days, they're always so classy. Bernie and Niall would always be up there with uh, three-piece suits on, or maybe not maybe not a vest, but they always looked so classy. All the band members did. They're two, uh, usually had two lead vocalists who were female. They were always dressed classily. I'm looking at this video right now, and the, the ladies have like buttoned up dresses, and uh, one of them has uh, gloves on, you know, that kind of go up to your uh, elbow. Just very classy looking. And I just love the beat that they had. Tony Thompson was on drums, and boy, just loved everything about them. Uh, they were kind of, I guess I would say, I don't want to call them a disco group. I don't want to diminish it because people have a bad connotation of disco, but that's when they were most successful. And I'm sure you guys know a lot of their hits. Good Times, that was their big hit, or one of their big hits. Everybody Dance, uh, Le Freak, where they go, Freak Out. It's just, so many things that uh, they did well that crossed over to regular uh, radio stations. So that's how I found out about them. And then of course I dug deep and found a lot of these songs that weren't played on the radio as much like My Forbidden Lover. And uh, this turned out to be my favorite. Uh, they disbanded in the early 80s basically, the original group. Um, unfortunately, Bernie and Tony have passed away. Nile Rogers is still out there and he's still touring these days as Nile Rogers and Chic. And I've seen them so many times the last few years. I went out and saw them and Cher, Chic and Cher in Phoenix a couple of years ago. And then when they came to Dallas, I saw them again. I loved them so much. So uh, this is Chic and the song My Forbidden Lover. Okay, next week on uh, Dancing with the Stars, it's Michael Buble night. I understand he's going to be there and... He's going to perform. I've even heard he's going to judge. I don't know how they would do that with five judges, but uh, we'll see what happens there. Uh, also heard that Derek is going to be performing next week with his uh, girlfriend or fiance Haley. And to see the Derek, the great Derek Huff in dancing form at any time is such a treat. So next week we'll be back covering week six of Dancing with the Stars and Mike Bub Michael Bublé week. Until then, this is Tony the Engineer. Bye-bye.